This is episode 39 of the Rise Up Podcast. We're a morning radio show hosted by Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life, a network of stations across New York and Pennsylvania. Our podcast is a weekly conversation that will help you think and grow in your faith. If you haven't already, subscribe today so you don't miss a single episode and find out more about our show at familylife.org. We weren't sure how you liked your coffee, so we didn't make any. Hope that's okay. It's Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. I have one name for you. It's oh. Tim. Hey, that's the one name I got. One name for you. <laughs> it's Therese. Hey, guess what? We got one name for you, too. Yeah, well, let's call it Steve. <laughs> let's do that. <laughs> yeah. But God has so many names, oh, yeah. right? Uh, my first one that caught my ear came from my late father-in-law. Uh, again, I had just been saved, and he he passed away a few years after uh, I came to the Lord. But he would always talk about Jehovah Jireh. Mm. And I, I was new to me. I didn't, you know, I just knew God and Jesus and all this. But Jehovah, oh, there's all these names. That was it was interesting to me. So Jehovah Jireh was one that he would use all the time because he was uh, going through a cancer battle, and it was like he's my provider. And so I always took as a uh, as Jehovah Jireh providing for for things. And I think even I did that for a while where I thought, okay, God's Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He'll provide, you know, food and money and this and that and provide all those things. And then you look a little deeper. And when Jehovah Jireh got that name, it was all about something a little different in that it was the the death through death of Isaac, Mm, Jacob, the son, because when he had to take his son to the altar, it was from God says, here, do this. And boy, you talk about a step of faith. I mean, I know as a dad, that would be really difficult for me to say, sure, I'll take my son and and sacrifice him on the altar. But it was that faith, that deep, deep faith that he knew that God somehow during this awful thing would still provide. I don't know how. I don't know what this means. I just know I'm being obedient to go sacrifice and kill my son on the altar knowing my God will provide. So, yes, God is your provider for all kinds of things. But when I look when it was first used in Genesis 22, it was about that time. So, yeah, a deep meaning. Jehovah Jireh. No matter what it looks like, God will provide. That's amazing. That just that it means that God will provide. Jehovah Jireh. That's the the, the meaning of those words together. Right. And what strikes me when you read it in the Old Testament is you realize these were these were basically sentences that they used to describe God, but they, hmm. they were used as names. So right. it made me kind of wonder, like, I wonder if we just wouldn't notice it if God had a name in English that maybe sounds more like a sentence. But when you think about it, hey, maybe we could call this a name of God. And so that's why I looked in the New Testament and saw this and thought, I never would have thought of that as a name of God before. But I want to submit for our consideration this here. The Father of mercies and God of all comfort, because that's what Paul calls God. And I'm thinking we could, yeah, say that's a name of God, that he is the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, as he says in 2 Corinthians 1.3, which, first of all, it's just like, it's so warm to think of God that way. Like everything that is a mercy comes from him. Everything that is comforting comes from him. But similar maybe to like what you were saying, Steve, about how it's it sounds really great. And then you look at how it happens and you think, oh, wow, that's actually a little harder than I thought. 
The rest of what Paul says, he says, God comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. It's like the whole reason God can comfort and that he is the God of comfort Hmm. is because he can comfort you when you go through a trouble. Hmm. And then, and then you get to use that to comfort somebody else who's going through their own trouble. So it's like, yes, it is warm and amazing and wonderful and comforting, but only because there's something difficult that had to be walked through to get there. Yeah, there's a lot of richness in just thinking about Hmm. the different things we call God by what he does, who he is. When you first mentioned Jehovah Jireh, Steve, I I thought of the healing journey. Mm -hmm. And such a big part of the journey is realizing that we are not to be our provider, our protector, and our power, that that's something that God is to be for us. And so I chose our God of power. Mm -hmm. And he really is so unbelievably powerful from the beginning of all of creation to shaking open a locked prison gate. But of all the things that God does, I think the most powerful is the ability to change the human heart. I don't know if you remember how stubborn you were before you knew Jesus. And this is not directed at anyone in particular. It's directed mostly at me. You know, I was stubborn. I was set in my ways and they were not good ways. And to be submitted to God's ways, whoo, that is that's a that's a big time power struggle, mm. you know, that goes on. But we have this God of power. And he really has such a way to be able to change us. You know, God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So like right along with God's power is love. And then that power manifested in our lives, self-control. That's from 2 Timothy 1, 7. It's really something to me because when God gives us his power, it's not to make our own selves more powerful for our good or our benefits, I guess, but it's so that we can use the power of God in other people's life. And I think that's a lot like what you were saying, Tim. You know, we get Mm -hmm. the mercy so that we can pass that mercy on. And it's kind of the same thing with God's protection, with God's provision, with God's power, that we have these things so that we can pass them on. We only have a couple of names, right? Uh, Our first, Mm -hmm. middle, whatever names, uh, because we're a little bit limited. God has so many names. God is unlimited in his power and his mercy and his grace. Uh, He is all, everything to everybody, all things, Uh, So no matter what you call God and all the different times in your life that you've used the different names of God, uh, he is God and he's uh, everything to everybody. Sharing the message of hope. It's Rise Up with Steve, Therese and Tim on Family Life. I'm running out of storage on my phone, taking a lot of pictures. I'm, I'm going to need a new place to keep my photos. Ah, my phone's is ah. not, not going to 
keep it anymore. <laughs> I've got a lot, mostly pictures of my dog and my baby girl, of course. Mm-hmm. But there's a, it's kind of a problem now because now, see, she's got this little toy where she's got these new abilities all the time. These babies do. She's got this little toy with a kind of like a etch a sketch, but it's like that magnetic thing where they've got the pencil with the magnet on it, and they can draw little oh, yeah. pictures, and then you yeah. erase it, and they can keep going. Mm-hmm. I I I found before erasing her first little magnet drawing, I I took three pictures of it. I'm thinking, well, <laughs> what am I gonna do when she picks up crayons and oh. starts handing me pieces of paper someday to oh. to keep? A, I, I'm gonna run out of storage on my phone. I kind of already have. I think I'm just gonna need a bigger fridge. <laughs> Stick all those pictures on Everywhere. the fridge. Can't even open the fridge door anymore. <laughs> all these oh, I'm gonna need a bigger fridge. Oh, I love it. Today is gonna be great. We just know it. This is Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. You know, you know my love and affinity for the food peanut butter. I mean, yeah, of course. It's, it's one of the top ones that uh, God ever invented. <laughs> and uh, I, I praise God for peanut butter every single day. I mean, you've given me some peanut butter and make sure you like warm the peanut butter and yep. mix it in with yogurt and, oh, and that's good. And, like, so and you good. know my uh, well-documented food theory on peanut butter. I do. You take but, any food that you like. Right. It has to be any food. And yeah. you add peanut butter. I mean, you have to like peanut butter, but you add peanut butter to it. And no matter what that food is, it'll taste good. Here's where I'm Bold not theory. sure if I'm totally in because I'm not positive even how I feel about this other food. I read recently where you can take a peanut butter sandwich, okay, just a regular peanut butter sandwich, and dip it in warm chili. Now, see, I'm not, a, uh, I'm not an overly huge uh, fan of chili. Although I've had it before, and it's okay. There's so many different kinds of chili. Uh, so you peanut butter sandwich, and then you dip it into the chili. And I am not sure if I'm, one, willing to give it a try, or two, it may not go with my theory because I'm not a huge yeah. chili fan. But I know there's lots of chili fans out there. I'm running that in my head right now. Mm-hmm. It's working for me. Yeah? I'd do it. I'd give it a try. You just cold yeah. weather these next couple days. Yeah. You get some warm chili. You get a some smooth peanut, peanut butter. butter. Ooh. I think I'm going to try that. That, that works. You're welcome. That you're, works. You're very, very welcome. Yeah. Get back to me, don't we? Good morning. I was hearing you talk about peanut butter and uh, chili. Have you tried that? Uh, actually, I usually put butter and peanut butter on crackers and put it in my chili. Oh, and those go in the chili. Oh, in the chili. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, I like that better because the crunch, I think that would go better than the, the soft bread. So maybe I'm going to try it your way when I when I give this a shot. That doesn't hurt to try. That's... Well, it can, um, depending. <laughs> yeah. Come closer to the radio so we can see you. Wow, you look great today. This is Rise Up on Family Life. No, thanks. I've done my time dusting. I, I just It was one of my chores as a kid to dust, mm. and I don't, it's never a, been man. my favorite. I Me either. still remember the feeling of that sock on my hand when it's got a little bit of that lemon oil on it, that pledge on the sock, and it's just... Mm-hmm. It's just something about that experience. I'm not eager to go back to it. Never have I been less likely than when I learned this, though, to ever want to go back to dusting. 5,200 tons, mind you, not pounds, 5,200 tons Tons? of space dust. Space dust fall on the earth every year. Wow. That means, now, Steve, you know how much I enjoy my space. You do. I like that astronomy, all the space things. Mm -hmm. How likely do you think I am to want to get rid of any dust from my home? When I know there's a pretty good chance some of it's from space. <laughs> I want to keep that around. A little bit of space in my house. I don't know. You can keep the dusting. I want the space. <laughs> 
Come on, you don't need any more beauty sleep. You look great. Thanks for listening to Rise Up on Family Life. Ooh, I didn't know I was being unprofessional. Maybe it's very evident to other people, but I didn't know. I didn't know about this. Okay, job interview time. That can be very nerve-wracking. Oh, sure. You don't know how to answer questions, perhaps, whatever. But many times you uh, sit down for interview, and as you sit down, or maybe, uh, anyway, one of the first questions uh, might be, Hey, can I get you something to drink? A glass of water, a cup of coffee, anything like that? Yeah, yeah. And my okay. response would have been, I think, sometimes would have been, no, I'm fine. Uh-huh. Right. That's unprofessional. Now, that's wrong. wrong that's end? unprofessional. Oh. Okay, so what am I what am I supposed to do? Uh say like, no, thank you. No, thank you. Oh, uh, oh, 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 I'm, oh. I'm, I'm good for now. The thank I you see. is really important. Apparently, Oops. and I didn't I know. Uh, yeah. It's like, uh, oops, I shouldn't have said <laughs> that. Well, that's anyway. So just a little tip from the professionals mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. say it's unprofessional without saying yeah. thank you. Okay. Uh, another thing you shouldn't say in an interview is like, hey, uh, when's vacation? <laughs> <laughs> that's not a good way to start either. Uh, uh-uh. No, uh-uh. Anyone else wish morning started just a little later? Yeah, we get that. It's Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. You don't have to be a Christian to be a good person. A lot of good people out there. Oh, yeah. A lot of great people. True. Not Christian. You don't have to be a Christian just to be a good, kind, or moral person. You can be good all on your own. You can work harder to be nicer. You can improve your manners. God wants to do something in us that's more than just being a better person. He wants to make us a new kind of person mm. entirely. And of course, going along with that is being a better person, sure. But he wants to do something in us that we couldn't do just on our own. C.S. Lewis said it was kind of a little bit, he made the comparison that it was a little bit like uh, like horses. He said, it's not like just teaching a horse to jump better and better. Well, this horse can jump better than that horse. He said, it's like turning a horse into a winged creature. <laughs> not something that can happen on its own. So is C.S. Lewis saying that the difference between being a Christian and just a moral person is like the difference between a horse and a unicorn? Well, I guess mm. maybe, yeah. God doesn't want to just make me a better, better person. Oh, he does want to do that, but he wants to do something I could never do on my own. Right. Absolute transformation. It's okay. You can go back to bed in about 16 hours. In the meantime, thanks for listening to Rise Up on Family Life. All right, kids, don't ever, ever, ever do this. Don't ever do this. This, I mean, it can be dangerous, so don't ever do this. So I hope I've made that clear. Don't ever do this. There's lots of things not to ever do. But one, it was what this uh, teenage boy who was trying to have fun with his mom, you know, teenage boys sometimes, Mm -hmm. hey, mom, this is funny. And their dog had chewed open their squeaky toy, Mm -hmm. and the squeaky thing had fallen out. So it was just a squeaky thing. So he was being funny and ha-ha and putting it in his mouth. Don't ever do that, kids. Don't ever do that. And, And it was until he accidentally... He, he wa- swallowed it. I mean, that's why not. To that's do why it. not to do yep. it. Now he was laughing during this. But every time, seriously, every time he would talk, he'd have a little squeak. Now he what? got it removed and everything's fine. and Everybody's healthy. And again, kids don't Ooh. do that. Yeah. But can you imagine having a squeaky toy in your mouth that every time you said something, right. it would it would make a squeaky sound? I can't imagine ever that happening. But if it did, uh-huh. it, it, it possibly could. Possibly. It possibly could sound something like, like if I was trying to talk to you, oh. Tim, and, and every time I talk with you, I even when I would talk to you, I would say something and I would say We've got to start th- taking our own th- advice here, Steve. Yeah, I'll never do that again. Uh-uh. Never ever do that again. 
May the blessings of the Lord be with you in all that you do today. This is Rise Up on Family Life.